first I'm going to start off with a scripture, and then I'll have Kim share. And then I just want you to know uh, what the Lord is doing and has done and is has planned. And um, we really feel like this is a now moment. It's a now moment. So here's the scripture. It's Isaiah 55. Ho! Everybody say ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come by and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And so, Kim, I want you to share what you've been hearing. All week, I've been hearing tap, tap that, tap, tap that, like, and then a picture of a keg or a big wine barrel. It's been sitting there aging, and it's just waiting to be tapped. And I felt like today, this morning, this afternoon, tonight, today, is, is that tapping. If we oppress in into his presence, we can tap that barrel. And then when I was praying this morning, I remembered a dream that Jessica shared with me over a year ago, September 2017. So um, she's just going to share the gist of it, but know that this fine wine that she's talking about has been aging for this whole year. Today is that tap that moment. So in the dream, I was a child in a family of eight, and we were like teenagers. And it was an old, huge, old rambling house, but it was very dim. And we were searching. Sorry. Closer. Okay. Um, We were searching for treasure because the old man who built the house had hidden treasure somewhere in the house. And he died, and everyone had looked for it, but no one had been able to find it yet. So we need to repair the house, so we were going to find it. So all eight of us were doing this huge manhunt. And as we were looking, um, I suddenly saw this corridor open up in front of me, but it was very narrow. And I could just get, like, my shoulders through it. So I'm like, well, this, this looks cool. So I went through it. And as I opened up the door on the other side, suddenly it opened. It was so bright. And, and just, I was out on this. So we, if you've been in our church for any number of years, we've been going through this huge remodeling. First the building, right? And then the joy house. And first the natural, but also a lot of spiritual house cleaning has been done. And through the narrow door has been this last year. And before we saw very dimly. And now, and now we're walking through, and now we're going to see clearly. So as we get out, I got out on this roof, and there was this little shack. And I, there was a time lock me- mechanical device on it. And the, I don't know how I opened it, but I felt like the Lord allowed me to open it because it was like high tech, and I had no clue. So he opened it for me, and I looked inside, and I'm expecting, like, treasure, like, gold coins and jewels and everything. But instead, I see all of these dusty wine bottles, and I look at it, and we're a poor family, so we don't have a ton of money. But I recognize it. I'm like, this is, like, top the line. This is a famous vintage, a famous um, wine family, wine house. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, we could probably sell this stuff and make a ton of money. But as I thought that, I, I picked up a bottle, and I turned around, and suddenly behind me was no longer the house. It was this open street, church on the street, okay? And so, and my brother, who'd been helping me search, he was 
drunk. He was like sitting against a lamppost and he was guzzling this wine and he was so drunk. Like it was just like not even like with it. He's like, Hey, and anyways. And then I looked, he did. <laughs> and then I looked and all of my siblings were, were on the street and all of them were drunk. And I remember thinking, wait, I'm not drunk yet. <laughs> yeah. And that was pretty much the end of the dream. So, so the time is now. And um, when we're worshiping and during the message, but when we're worshiping, we really seek his presence and we're all face towards him. I believe we're going to tap that barrel that has been aging for this last year. And a, a dream that she had um, eight years ago, it all started with repentance, repenting. And so, um, and Pat has been taking us through this whole holiness walk and we've come full circle, but it all started with repentance. So that's, that's really key. Um, Patty, do you want to share um, what you saw this morning or in Wednesday if you want? Well, Wednesday um, at our prayer meeting, Pastor Pat was sitting and he had his leg crossed and he had his hat on, but he took his hat off and rested it on his knee and I saw his crown. His crown was gold and it had um, three rubies placed in the center. And on top of the crown were two, three gold balls on top of each of the, the uprights on the crown. And then this morning as we were praying, I saw a big vessel, big gold vessel, and it was being poured up here, <laughs> being poured, and it was thick like honey. And it was being poured over the worship team, over Pastor Pat, down the floor, and everybody's feet as you're all sitting there. It was going over your feet all the way to the wall through the children's church. And it was gold in color, gold like honey. So... Oh, and then um, this morning, early this morning, I was praying for the church, and I saw this angel over top of the church, on the church, but the feet were down through the roof of the church. Then all I could see was the head and the wings of the angel. All right, so... What does all this mean? Well, God uses everything, right? He uses dreams. He uses visions. He uses words. He uses impressions. And he's speaking to us. And if we will press in, like Kim said, if we will press in, and you'll hear in another testimony that's coming, um, this is a Kairos moment. This is a moment in time that um, God is is really just breathing new life. And I kept hearing all week long is um, speak to the dead bones, speak to the dry bones, call those that are uh, spiritually dead back to life. And so that's, you know, the new wine. All of this is not just for us. It's for us to give away. And so now's the time. Now's the time. And um, there's a quote I want to read you. Heard you turn me off. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, I heard this quote, and I think it's apropos for, for, for all of us. Unbelief is safe because it takes no risk and gets what it expects. So if you have unbelief, you're going to get exactly what you expect. Nothing. Nothing. And so we're standing on the feet of our Father. Pat, stand up for a second. If we're standing on the feet, where's your foot? Glad we didn't do this the other yeah. way. If we're standing on the feet of our Father, and granted, he's much bigger than, than this guy, what can we fear? Why wouldn't we take a risk? Because all we have to do is speak the word, and he does all the work. Right? And we don't look back, right? Because if we look back, we're just looking right into the, you know, the belly button of the Father. So now is the time. He wants us to look out. Remember, we're standing on his feet. He's got our back. That if we just simply declare and believe his word, he will manifest his power in healing, in salvation, and deliverance. Amen? God is for us. Amen. You know, ho. Oh. <laughs> it makes me think of Toronto. If somebody says ho, oh, my arm wants to go like that. <laughs> You know, there's a scripture, I've, I've mentioned it to you, but I've not read it to you. But I think after all that, I think I'm just going to read it to you right now. I've battled um, from day one. When, when, I, when I, we, you know, decided that we would be a church, you know, Freedom Center, Pastor Jim, he asked us, they asked us. We didn't really feel, hear anything from the Lord. We didn't have anything to do. I was done with HP, you know. It was just weird. And so we decided that they probably heard God, and we would do be a pastor, yeah. And uh, so my initial thought was that I'm going to be kick at this. I mean, I'm like I've been talking to hundreds of people, hundreds of people at sales meetings and customer things, and and I'm going to be awesome. And God had to deal with my pride. And I'm telling you, anybody that's still here after that time, I don't know what you're doing, but <laughs> I think it's gotten better. But I couldn't find my butt with either hand. I mean, seriously, I was so lost. I, I just absolutely was everything I didn't think, you know, I was going to be. Until the Lord humbled me and showed me that, listen, it can't be about you. You're just a vessel, right? And then he had to deal with my insecurities. And I battle all the time with this. I battle with... Every time something good, and I understand I've only been in two churches in my life, other than maybe on vacation for a Sunday we go to a church. But I've only ever been in the Freedom Center, and I've only ever been in here. That's it. Not much church hopping in our, in our life. But the devil messes with me. When I first started preaching, I felt like I had to be Pastor Jim, and I, and I, and I can't. On my best day, I can't be him because he's, he's not me. I'm not him. And I'm trying to do my best Pastor Jim impression thinking that thousands of people are going to come and they don't show up. So every time something good happens here, I want to compare it to the Freedom Center and find something why they're not doing it and we're better than them. And I battle it. I battle it and battle it. Because God 
has one church. And it's all to be awesome in his sight. And it's all to walk according to how they're called to walk. What he's got that, that part of the body doing. And I battle it. And now he's getting ready to do great and mighty things. We had the word. You've, you, we had the word, the prophetic word that said, you've guarded my word well. I'm ready to perform it. That's a big deal. And it's, it's interesting for the past three weeks, this is the scripture that keeps coming to me. And it needs to come to all of us. I got like, I'm scrolling the page. You're like, you said you weren't going to talk very long today. <laughs> here it is here. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. So, you know, you, you, you need to know this is the Lord Jesus speaking. If you had a red letter Bible, this would all be red letters. Which of you, having a slave plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come immediately and sit down and eat? But will he not say to him, prepare something for me to eat? And properly clothe yourself, and serve me while I eat and drink. And afterward, you may eat and drink. Remember, we're the slave in this story. He does not thank the slave because he did the things which were commanded, does he? So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded you, say, we are unworthy slaves, we have done only that which we ought to have done. What do we do? We stand... As, as a holy sacrifice unto God, which is our spiritual service of worship. And as we stand as a holy vessel, then the anointing flows through us, and God does great and mighty works. If we start to take on to ourselves how wonderful we are, even if we were just because we were holy and he was working through us, then we don't understand we're unworthy slaves. We've never done anything to be worthy of what God wants to do through us. All the glory is his. All the glory is his. And that, that's why exaltation in the kingdom, you read Philippians chapter 2. Jesus' name was exalted above any name that ever has been or any name that ever will be. And there's a reason. It says why that is. Because of the degree, the magnitude of his humility. It says, if any of you wants to be great in the kingdom, then you go be the slave of everybody else. God exalts the humble. Because if God were to exalt somebody who could live in pride, he would destroy them by exalting them. Because they would start to think they're something. And then in their pride, they would separate themselves from the very one who would raise them up. So we have to remember that when God does his glorious and powerful and mighty works, that it's God who does them. And all we are is worthless slaves. Unworthy is a better word. Unworthy slaves. We, we're not worthy of his glory. We're only worthy to serve. Amen? All right. That doesn't count as my sermon, just so you know. <laughs> all right. Who has a testimony they want to share? Yeah, come on up, please. This is Jeremiah, by the way. And he was never a bullfrog. Hello, everyone. So, um, <clears throat> my, I think you guys are all familiar with Jaden, and uh, he has muscular dystrophy. So, <clears throat> he has, uh, his mom's a non-believer, and uh, she called me. She was a little bit frustrated this week. Um, she says to me, Jaden won't wear his splints. You know, he says Jesus is going to heal him. You know, so I'm like, yeah, he's right. You know, like, you know, <clears throat> so she's like, 
Oh, she, he says, Pastor, this Pastor Pat guy has been praying for him, and he's going to get healed. You know, she's like, this doesn't heal people from muscular dystrophy. You can't tell this kid not to wear splints. I said, well, I, I never told me he had to wear them, but, you know, him and I had a uh, morning. I get up early Thursday morning, and uh, I was listening to a song, Let It Rain, by Eddie James. <clears throat> Sorry if I get emotional, but I almost didn't do it. I told her, I, said, I don't know if I can get on one bill to get all the way through it. <clears throat> so anyways, listening to Let It Rain, and I'm just like, in the morning, it's like 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, Jaden, get in here. And me and him, <clears throat> just praying in the spirit, and <clears throat> I told him, I said, you can't rely on me. You have to believe yourself. And we prayed in the spirit, and he literally is like, so I was looking at your post, and I sent it to his mom, you know, and I said, don't believe me or don't believe us. Believe what the Bible says, because she did go to church a little bit, so your posts were great because they had scriptures. So we sent those to her, and now she's curious. She was looking up church on the street, and now she's dropping them off tonight so he can be there. And then <clears throat> one of the uh, one of the or the posts have uh, a person in a wheelchair and standing up, and I believe it's his time. Yep. Good word. Good job, Dad. Good job. You know, um, when we started fasting, I mean, we fasted off and on, but when we, you know, a month or two months or however long ago it was, it was because of the testimony that we heard from a Dan Moeller teaching about these kind only come out by prayer and fasting. And he said it, it isn't that those demons only come out by prayer and fasting because he had just said that they come out, they didn't come out because of the guy's unbelief, that the fasting and prayer is what fortifies your faith and with fortified faith, that demon challenges you, but you don't back down, right? And when I pray for sick people, I, I, to be quite honest with you, I, I battle doubts. I think they're flaming arrows from the enemy because I don't... Can you hear them all right? Okay. Only reason I say that is because we have a device for hearing impaired, and unless you're talking through this, it doesn't work. So the night we were praying at church, and I had a vision that Jaden was going to be healed in a crowd of people because it wasn't for us or him. It was for his mother. It was for his grandparents, the people that have seen him struggle. So I always had a vision that it was going to be in front of a lot of people. Because they all needed it, you know. So that was one more thing I wanted to say. So, because, yeah. sorry, because uh, you know, I was telling, I was telling Sherry, I'm like, he didn't heal people for any other reason to say, I'm the Messiah, I'm real. The blind can see, the leprosy's gone, the 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 people who can't walk walk. Not because he needed to prove. He just showed you, I'm the Messiah. I can do whatever you want. Trust in me. Believe in me. You know, so I think he does healing like that for other people, not that person so much. Two, two purposes for healing that I'm confident, Jeremiah. The first one is for the sake of the gospel. And that's what you're talking about. For the sake of the gospel. Jesus said, if you don't believe these words that I say, then believe on the works that I do. Right? But the second reason is for the church. 
Because when Jesus went to the cross, he purchased for us the opportunity to have our sins forgiven, to have the shalom of heaven be our peace, and he also purchased for us the healing of our bodies. So being his children, he says it, not in exactly this words, but that healing is the children's bread. When the lady whose daughter is uh, demon-possessed, I think, comes to him, and he's like, hey, listen, you know, I didn't come for you. You're a Gentile. I came only for the Jews. That's not the words he used, but only for the Jews. And he said, you shouldn't throw the children's bread to the dogs. And she said, even a dog picks up the crumbs off the floor. And, and he said, that faith is, is going to, your daughter's delivered. She's healed. She's well. And the healing is the children's bread is basically the word. Healing is the children's bread. We're the children. We can eat of that loaf of healing because Jesus bought it for us as the children. Okay, so now, oh, I forgot what I was talking about. So so last Sunday, I've been coming over to Jaden every Sunday, and I've been asking him, is it okay if I pray with you? And he's like, sure, or pray for you, sure, you know. And I've been fasting, and I've been fasting that my faith will be fortified. And I pray and I have doubt. I've, I've prayed and had to battle doubt praying over Jaden. And I sat next to him last Sunday, and I knew he was going to get well. I didn't have any doubt. I'm waiting for the doubt to come because I'm, you know, I'm ready to battle with it. I'm ready to say, no, you lying devil. And it wasn't any. There wasn't any. And I believe it's the fruit of the word of God being true. And, and when we fast, our faith gets fortified. It's like there's nothing I did except not eat for that purpose. And then Sherry comes to Bible study on, on uh, Monday night. And I don't, I don't know if you ever noticed when you guys get up. I mean, it's a chore. Jaden can walk, but it's a chore to get him up out of the chair. I, I see two people trying to help him up, and he's unstable. And she said on uh, Monday night, that Jaden got himself up out of the chair. He didn't have any help at all. And he also said, you see, Dad, it's already working. (laughs) Praise God. Who else has a testimony? Yeah. Okay, um, so uh, I'm trying to think of where to start. So, I tried to start writing all this down, and, and I just, it's not me. I, I didn't want to write it down. I just want, I asked, Lord, just bring back to my remembrance everything that you showed me or taught me or told me. Um, but what I, w- what happened to me was an experience I had with God. And um, and um, so where to start with all this is, um, uh, so you're going to hear a little bit of scripture I didn't write any scriptures down. I don't know the whole scriptures, but I know the pieces that are important. So um, so I wanted to start with when Pastor taught us on prayer and fasting, but it's actually before that. And it's really, like Teresa said, it's Pastor Pat having a heart for God and him studying, him listening, and him teaching us what God has taught him. Um, So starting there uh, and then talking about um, prayer and fasting. So I really started this because fasting to me, I like to eat, okay? You can see I like to eat. Um, 
fasting to me is something I've never done. Um, kind of hard for me to refuse food. Um, I don't really understand why it seems to have an effect. But when he taught us on prayer and fasting, when the when the guy wanted his son healed and he went to Jesus or he went to the disciples and they couldn't heal the boy and the disciples asked Jesus why couldn't we do it his answer was lack of faith but then he says the prayer and fasting these will only go with prayer and fasting but the answer was still lack of faith and so somehow the prayer and fasting does something to our faith and do I understand it all I don't but We've gone through issues with our son, and we've prayed, and we've prayed, and we've prayed, and, and it seems like just nothing is happening. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start fasting. So I started easy, and, and I'm just giving this as an advice to you. Start fasting. Um, you know, skip a meal. You know, skip two meals. Skip three meals. You know, uh, you know a day of fasting is... For me, that's as far as I've gotten is a day of fasting. So, um, but it can be a lot. I mean, at times I'll go, okay, I'm hungry, but then I just I push it off, and then by the end of the day, I'm not even hungry anymore, you know. But anyways, the prayer and fasting. So, we've a lot of us here, not everybody, but some of us here have been praying. Of course, we all are praying, but we've been fasting for. I don't know how long. You said a month and a half, a couple months maybe. Every Wednesday we fast. Um, so I've been fasting every Wednesday. And some of us have been fasting every Wednesday. Some of us are fasting today. Um, but I, I, I start to see that it's having an effect. And even though I don't understand it, it works. So, um, so it really um, started kind of... You know, fasting for my son and praying for my son, but now it's carried over into all the other issues that are going on in people's lives and um, praying and fasting. And Darren, I'm sorry, but there's three people, there's three men that I pray for on a regular basis, and Darren is one of them. And Darren's time is coming, so you just hang on. So uh, anyways, uh, with Isaiah... Um, so a week ago, I, I don't know the dates and days. I'm not a computer person. I don't have a smartphone, so I get a little delayed um, information a lot of times. So he had this grand mal seizure. Lasted almost a half hour. He goes to the hospital. The hospital doesn't understand why. Nobody knows why. But he gives a testimony, and he comes up here and gives us a testimony that Satan tried to kill him, is what he said, and God stopped it. I know exactly what he's talking about, because the same thing happened to me. A little bit different circumstance. But that God stopped it. And and uh, so then that goes along with, so what happened was um, Tuesday, I read my Bible every day before I go to work. I was praying, and I was just thanking God for healing for Isaiah, because... Isaiah also received a healing, and it was Isaiah's had a cleft palate. He had problems with his mouth when he was younger. He's had a lot of surgeries on his mouth, and he had a spot in the roof of his mouth open up into a hole. And they were saying, well, he's going to have to have surgery and have to have this hole fixed. 
we're like, no, we're praying. We're fasting for Isaiah. Well, Wednesday, last Wednesday during prayer, Isaiah was there. We all prayed. We'd all fasted that day. And Monday, he had to go to the doctor. Guess what? Isaiah doesn't have a hole. He was healed. So so I'm, I'm, after I get done reading my Bible, I'm just praising God, thanking him for Isaiah's healing. You know, it's just awesome, right? So then all of a sudden, God just downloads all this stuff on me. Like, it's, it's not like I start getting a little bit of information. It's just like, boom, here's a bunch of information. You figure it out. So, I mean, that's what it feels like. So, but what God was showing me was last week we taught the children, Patty and I, she does the teaching more or less, and I help with the, the activities of it all. So, so she was teaching on being hidden in Christ, um, last week. So as a demonstration of being hidden in Christ, I'm a hunter. Um, I dressed all in my camo that I hunt in. We have a tree stand on the property here. So I got up in the tree stand and um, I'm all camoed out and she brought the kids out. And as an example of being hidden in Christ, now from the moment the kids walked out of the building over there, I seen them, but they didn't see me. And I watched them walk all the way around the property. And I could have, if I was hunting them, I could have struck at any time. Okay? But I watched them all the time until they come up and they walked right out in front of me before one of them finally spotted me. But I was still. And even Isaiah goes, is that a statue? Is he's a statue up there. You know? But the, the demonstration of being hidden in Christ is... I believe obedience, if we're obedient to God's word, which our pastor teaches us God's word, we read God's word, but we have to be a doer of God's word. And um, so this prayer and fasting is part of this doer of God's word. There's a reason for it. Um, So anyways, uh, where was I at? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So, Anyways, about being hidden in Christ is what God showed me was, look, Satan doesn't know what God's plan is. Satan knows God's word. Satan knows what God has called us to do, but he doesn't know how we go about doing it. But God has a plan that he knows that Satan doesn't know. Just like when they nailed Jesus on the cross, Jesus died, Satan thought he'd won. But he had no idea that God was going to raise Jesus from the dead, right? So the same thing with with the plans the enemy has. It doesn't matter if you're Isaiah, it doesn't matter if you're me, whoever you are. Satan's plan is the same for all of us, to kill, steal, and destroy. But God came to destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus came, right? So if we're hidden in Christ, God has a plan for us to destroy the works of the devil. And part of that is prayer and fasting. And um, so I I just want to share the importance of that, prayer and fasting. So what God showed me with Isaiah was that, um, let's see, it says... um, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, that you can tell the mountain to move or to throw itself into the sea, and it'll happen. Okay, so I look at that, and I think, man, it's like, it seems like I'm so short of having that kind of faith 
that you can actually make a mountain move. I mean, that seems like impossible, right? Well, I'm here to tell you, we as a body have the faith of a mustard seed. And that is all that we need. It's like we don't even, yes, there's more, but we have the faith of a mustard seed. Because what God showed me was Isaiah's healing. We moved the mountain. We moved the mountain. And, and I believe it was a lot to do with the prayer and fasting that we moved the mountain. And we have a lot of mountains to move. And I think it's going to take everybody to get on board. Like I said, a lot of us, every Wednesday, we fast. We pray. And I think the more people that get on board with that, the more mountains we're going to move. And that, that it's nothing's impossible. That God's being hidden in Christ is an offensive move. It's not defense. We don't hide because we're scared. We hide because God has the perfect opportune time for us to strike. And that time is now. And it takes prayer and fasting, I believe, to do so. I know it seems weird, right? But it works. I mean, it works. So, anyways... Yeah, I mean, mountains, they're nothing. They, they really are for God. They're, they're, it's nothing. It's like that, that little bit of faith, a mustard seed. That's all it took. We have it. That's all, that's all we need is a mustard seed of faith. And it's like for tonight, believing in healing. We're having our first healing service tonight, believing in healing. That morning after all that happened to me and God spoke this stuff to me was, man, I got to tell people. So I'm working at somebody's house and they're limping around, their foot hurts. I'm like, you need to be there Sunday, Sunday night, six o'clock. Guy comes in. I just built a a walk-in shower for somebody. A guy comes in to measure for um, glass doors for the shower and uh, he's tremoring. His head's shaking like this. I said, why did your head shake like that? He goes, the doctors don't know. He told me what it was, and the doctors don't know why it does. I looked him right in the eye. I said, you need to be there Sunday at 6 o'clock, and you'll be healed. That's what I told him. And it's like, that's the faith we have to have. The, look, we just seen one. There's going to be more. Let's, let's have the faith, the faith of a mustard seed. That's it. That's all we need. And we will start seeing more and more healings. He had right there. That was, the, that was the first one right there, that wheelchair. People are going to come here. They're going to leave wheelchairs here. We're building a cross out of wheelchairs. So, yep. So that's it. Yep. Thank you. All right. Praise you, Lord. Huh? It's here. Yeah, release that over everybody. Just, just like that's a truth. Release that, that we do all have the faith of a mustard seed, Lord. Let us use the faith of a mustard seed. Let us be bold, Heavenly Father. Let's, it's not our work. It's your work, Lord. We're just vessels, Lord. We're, just, um, we're, we're here to reach the lost, to, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, Lord, in your name, Jesus. Nothing that we've done but everything that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, that is awesome. So... There's a pattern in Scripture in the New Testament. I posted it. I posted it in the Facebook in the very first one. I tried to do a Facebook invite thing, and I don't know what I did wrong, but so I just made it a Facebook. But there's a pattern you see, and here's the pattern. 
Matthew 9. I didn't put scriptures in because I want you to look at me. I want to be talking to you guys and you know, I'll read them for you. But I didn't want them up on the screen today. Matthew 9.35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of de- disease and every kind of sickness. So the pattern starts with the Lord Jesus. He's going throughout the land. He proclaims the kingdom. He heals every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. Then he collects himself some disciples, right? In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 and verse 7, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And he said to them, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Jesus first demonstrates. Jesus collects himself some disciples, anoints them, sends them out to do what? The same exact thing. Preach the kingdom, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, all that stuff. Luke 9, it's, it's, the, it's, it's, the, it's the sister scripture to the one I just read, but it says it a little differently. So I give you the 12 twice. The 12 twice, that's 24, but that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, so Luke 9, 1 through 2. And he, Jesus, called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. Luke chapter 10, Jesus collects himself more disciples, right? Jesus sets the example. Jesus collects himself a few disciples. He sends them out to do exactly the same thing. Now he's got more disciples. He sends out 70. Here's what it says. Now, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others, and he sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and every place where he himself was going to come. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what is set before you and heal those who are sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Preach the kingdom, heal the sick. And then in the Great Commission, in in Mark, it says this. These signs will accompany those who have believed. That would be us, right? Now he's speaking to the church at large for all of time. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, if you, if you marry that to the other examples, it also says preach the kingdom. Go out and preach. In, the, in that context, he calls it the gospel. But it's the gospel of the kingdom. So there's a pattern. And we look for all these things and, and we, we do all kinds of different stuff. But there's a pattern that's right there in the scriptures. It's right there in the Gospels. And then if you look in the book of Acts, you see where they're actually executing against the command. You see Philip in Samaria. And all these people are getting saved and getting baptized. And God is demonstrating himself with miracles and signs and wonders. And in other places it says the same thing. And it says, uh, I think it's in Hebrews maybe. And he says, and, and we, they heard first from the Lord which we know he, de- he demonstrated, right? Because we have the Gospels, all the lepers cleansed and the sick and the dead raised, all that stuff. So we know it came with signs. It came to them from the Lord, and then they proclaimed it to us, and the Lord affirmed the word with miracles and signs and wonders and great works of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And now they're this next generation. So the pattern is very simple. 
proclaim the, go- uh, the gospel of the kingdom, heal the sick, cast out the devils. If a leper comes, guess what? If anybody else touches a leper, what, what happens? They get leprosy. When Jesus t- touches the leper, what happens? He get healed of leprosy. We're his hands and his feet. So, so today is us just me. I mean, you know, this one's on me more than anybody else. It's me recognizing why don't we just follow the pattern that the scriptures give us. We're anointed of the Lord to carry out the works of the kingdom. Proclaim it to people and do it. That's all we're doing today. We should be very, very confident from the pattern of scripture, from the witness of scripture, that God is going to come. And even if we weren't, he's given us words from people that don't know what's going on here, saying that it's going to happen, right? We're good to go. The last thing I want to share with you is this. And, and this just came this morning. You can thank the, uh, Seth for the next five minutes. Seth and uh, Jacob, we were talking this morning before church, and this scripture popped into my head, and I thought, man, I'm going to share this with the church because it's, it's appropriate for today, right? So this is Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. We sing the song, right? All God's promises are yes and amen. Yay, God's promises. You know, if somebody came in here, they'd be going, yay. Am I doing a little dance here? I don't think I could move my hips and my feet at the same time. So I don't know if we could actually call it dancing. If I wrap my arms around Teresa, I think I could make it be dancing. But we sing the song, right? If people that don't know anything about Jesus came and sang with us, they'd be like, awesome. All of God's promises are yes and amen. But that, the song, you know, I'm not jamming up the song, but the song isn't the scripture. The song is singing to the, some, some of the scripture. Here's the scripture. For as many as are the promises of God in him, Jesus, in him, they are yes. So you can read through the Bible and you can find promises that God makes to man, to people. And in Jesus, they're all yours. So hopefully, uh, people are going to come here tonight that are not in Jesus, and they're going to hear the gospel. The minute they respond properly to the gospel, die to themselves, be resurrected in Jesus Christ, all the promises become theirs as well. So there's a caveat. All of God's promises are yes in him. So if you're born again, and it says healing is a children's bread, guess what? That is your bread. And you can eat your bread, and you can be healed. But it goes on. For as many as are the promises of God, in him they are yes. Therefore, also, through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Okay, so we think of the promises of God, and we think in terms of of what it means to me. Like, what I get, I get salvation, I get healing, I I get peace, I get all these things because that's God's promises. And I am in Jesus Christ, and all of his promises are yes, in Jesus Christ. But this last bit paints a little different picture. It says, therefore, because all of his promises are ours in Christ Jesus, also then through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. So see, here's his promise that we don't always think about. Somebody's going to come here tonight, or maybe right here, this, this still morning for three more minutes, this, this earlier than tonight part, And you're going to pray for him. And because all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, what did that that great commission say? These signs will follow those who believe. 
They will lay their hands on the sick and they will be healed. And when you lay your hands on the sick and they are healed, what's happened is the glory of God has manifested itself through you. And that is the promise of God. Amen. I'm thinking what comes next, but actually that's the end of it right there. <laughs> you got the best I had. i just saying to you, believe what God says. He's saying it to each and every one of us. Every one of us. Keith, he tells his testimony. He won't write it down. He, he called us up. He's like, I got to come over to your house and talk to you. You know, first thing we're thinking, oh, Keith and Patty are leaving the church. You know, devil gets in your head. He comes over. He's like, God, just download it. It's like drinking from a fire hose. That's the way I describe it when it happens. And he said, God told me we just moved a mountain. And he, he misrepresented a little bit, only in that this. We prayed for Isaiah on Wednesday. We had the flashlight right up in his mouth. That hole was there when we started, and that hole was there when we were done. And then he came up here on Sunday, and he shared his testimony of carrying his Bible around, and the devil tried to kill me, but he couldn't kill me. And just like Keith, he said, if you don't know Keith's testimony, he had a massive heart attack. 911, my husband's having a heart attack. Okay, stay on the line. We're sending somebody. I can't stay on the line. What do you mean you can't stay on the line? I got to call my church and get them praying. <laughs> Click. <laughs> she calls. We get a bunch of people praying. Keith's had a heart attack. Ambulance gets there. They're like, Trying to load him up. He's like, you don't need to load me up. I just can get in there myself. I feel fine. They're like, you can't just go in there by yourself. You got to get on the little bed and we got to roll you in there. You go through all the stuff, all the stuff. The doctor said, I don't know how to explain this to you, but your heart attack aborted itself. Amen. It aborted itself and there is no damage to your heart. Your heart is as healthy as anybody else's heart. Why? Because God's promises are yes and amen for Keith and they're yes and amen for Isaiah. So when Isaiah came up here and shared his testimony, everybody prayed over Isaiah. That's when the hole closed up. That's when the hole closed up. Maybe you don't pray for him anymore. We prayed Wednesday. Hmm, didn't get healed. No. We keep praying because God's promises are yes and amen. And maybe he's testing our faith. And maybe who knows what's going on. Stand in faith. Amen. Amen. So when we're done today, which, you know, maybe it will just be 6 o'clock and the people will come and we'll just, just roll one right into the next one. But if not... There's still a minute to go to a restaurant, unless you're fasting. You know, you can have a glass of water, watch people eat. You can still invite people to come. I have to admit to you, I walked past two wheelchairs yesterday. I just felt so, so bad. It's like there's a lady in a wheelchair, and I'm like, man, I should just tell her to come. But there's no one to push her, and I'm like, and I, and I chickened out. And wouldn't you know, like, God, I mean, I'm 10 steps past her. I mean, she's in the almost leaving part of Walmart, and now I'm at the left part. I just went out the door, another wheelchair. I chickened out twice. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. You guys don't have to be a chicken like me. I did invite people to come tonight. I, I literally, I mean, made a guy sit and listen to me for a half hour after racquetball yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> We've got still some opportunity to invite people. People need to be here tonight. Us people need to be here tonight. We need people here praying and interceding. Amen? All right. Margie, I think I'm done. Oh, you know, just a word of instruction while they're getting ready. Let me, let me give you some examples of things. If you're, Remember, we, we don't have to beg God to do this, right? Because it's his will. He, he wants to do this. He wants to heal people. He wants to show himself to be powerful. So then what would we pray, pray, pray for? What would we pray for? Remember the story of Isaiah in, uh, not our Isaiah, but the prophet Isaiah. In chapter 6, he gets called up to heaven, right? 
and he's, he's, he's all of a sudden experiencing the full-on glory of God, what happens? He's like, I'm cooked. I am a man of unclean lips. He, his heart was convicted by how unholy he was. Now, it worked out okay. They put the coal on his lips, and he was all right. Or in the book of Acts, when uh, at the day of Pentecost, and all this stuff is going on, and Peter starts to preach. And when he's preaching to the people, all of a sudden, something happens to them. Scripture says, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. They said, what must we do? And Peter starts explaining to them, you must repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, and your sins will be forgiven. People got to be convicted of their sin. Anybody will pray a prayer with you because they kind of think maybe there's a hell and they don't want to go there. But the reality is they are going to go there unless they truly recognize their sin. So one of the things, if you're interceding, is you pray that nothing would hinder the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that they might recognize themselves as sinners and cry out, what must I do to be saved? You could go to Psalm 103. I think I got that one in here. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that, so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. You can pray, God. You are the God that heals all their diseases. And anything that would come against your will, I stand against it right now in the name of Jesus. And you start praying into these things. These are what the scriptures say, God. These are the things that are true, and I'm standing with you on behalf of your word. And that's the thing that you pray. You pray that your word says that, that nobody can come unless they're drawn. And that when, when Holy Spirit, the Father, draws them onto the Son, that he'll convict them of their sin, Lord. That they would be convicted of their sin. That they would know it. And they would cry out for repentance. Then there's nothing for us to do but just lead them in the path.